Hi Shefalaji. Hi. Hi, welcome to Levels Cancer and Zen Onco.io. Thank you. This is a cancer healing journey talks where we invite speakers who have gone through cancer, maybe as patients, survivors or caregivers to inspire yeah. other cancer patients and caregivers going through the similar journey. and this is very special and close to a heart because many cancer patients and survivors has told us that it inspires them when they listens to other journey that when they have been through so much and came out of it then we can do so exactly. thank you so much for giving your time it's an honor to have you with us thank you it's an honor that i'm being interviewed by such a big platform <laughs> our pleasure mm-hmm. could you please start with your journey how it all started Uh I'm a caregiver my husband suffered from cancer oral cancer he was diagnosed in he was not diagnosed I mean our family doctor just generally suggested that he go in for a biopsy he had a ulcer on his cheek and it was just a general thing that uh, just get a biopsy done and he took it very lightly he didn't mention it to me because the word biopsy itself is very frightening and uh, he didn't tell me anything about it and we were so happy because my daughter just got engaged in our friends planning up the marriage very happy about it so in all that uh, happiness he neglected that there is something hurting in his cheek he couldn't eat anything spicy he couldn't eat anything a lot of with uh, a lot of uh, gravy i mean he needed soft foods so i said fine it happens when you have an ulcer in your cheek you tend to uh, just have something soft just to fill up your stomach and it went on for the whole of december come january again it was the same thing he just couldn't eat uh i took it very lightly i didn't give it a thought that it might turn into cancer and by the way he was into eating a lot of pan masala and all that so something hit him he said okay probably i'm eating a lot of masala and that's why it's not getting cured so he just stopped having it and probably that fear that oh i might have to get my biopsy done again the whole of january just went off and february i said okay just let's show it to an ayurvedic doctor and just get it ruled out why is it not getting cured by itself so even the ayurvedic doctor said that you need to control your diet stop having spicy and uh, see that this ulcer doesn't turn into cancer because that's how it starts that's how it starts and he said to have regular meals you know and not to skip meals not to increase the acidity level in the body but his uh, dietary discipline and his daily routine was uh, he is not a disciplined person he used to just have his lunch at any time he wanted most of the time he used to skip his lunch just have his breakfast and then directly have his uh, dinner at night at times he used to even skip his dinner think yaach to ek do drink zyada ho gaya now i'm not in the mood i want to sleep sort of a thing and uh, it just didn't get cured so i said let's go and show it to the doctor again i mean just uh, he had stopped eating his packets his yeah pan masala mm-hmm. so i said just let get your teeth uh, sharp i mean uh, file your teeth so it won't hurt you all the more let's say when we landed up at a dentist and that's when the dentist told us that this doesn't look seem to look good 
uh, you just get a biopsy done and the moment he said biopsy done i said okay i thought it's just like a blood report thing i'll get it done i didn't think out of the box at that time i took it very casually but uh, my husband was very frightened that it will be painful someone had instilled that fear in him that biopsy of the cheek is going to be very painful and it took me around 3 4 hours to convince him to get a biopsy done later that evening only we got the doctor's appointment uh done and the doctor confirmed uh, the oncologist confirmed without the biopsy or anything that this seems to look like a second stage overall cancer and you immediately need to get get a biopsy you need immediately get to need a operation done i mean that's when the ball started rolling that's when it hit us hard here we were supposed to prepare for my daughter's marriage that same year 2017 and here he's getting uh, operated and my husband used to be very scared even if i would be injected you know he couldn't even bear that so i said no you have to get it done whatever it may be we have to rule this out it was a very difficult decision for us to convince him to go ahead with the whole thing and me keeping a very straight face throughout this being the strength not only for my husband but for my daughter too it was very difficult we got him operated in march second week and uh, we started with his regular uh, chemotherapy and his uh, radiation that didn't actually suit him he immediately came up with an um, on his lip he had an infection mm-hmm. for a month the doctor couldn't diagnose what the infection is like he used to go every day he used to give us some medicines we used to come back home and used to say nahi nahi theek ho jayega antibiotic lo ye to koi infection hai chala jayega and it went on for a month and it was like taxing for us he stopped the chemo he stopped the radiation he said nahi this is not suiting him so we better stop i said what else but if we stop this how are we going to stop the growth of cancer in the body nahi nahi now nothing can be done oh that's what the doctor said and like we are so dependent on doctors i said no where to go i said okay just remove the infection he's saying we'll have to operate him again if it is an infection uh, we'll have to get the biopsy done in the operation theater and we'll come to know is it uh, cancerous or it's just an infection and if it is cancer uh, we'll have to chop his lower lip lip off now that again frightened my husband and if i show you his pictures they were really very dirty the whole tears uh, what do you say uh, he had holes on his lower lip there was blood and pus oozing out of it he just couldn't have anything from his mouth so we had to have a pipe food pipe installed in his stomach and everything was like painful seeing him in pain pushing him giving him confidence that no you will come out of it and uh, my daughter's marriage was slated for november 2017 pushing him that you will be there for the marriage when the whole family was pulling us down that no no get her married within 100 percent people don't wait he might not survive and i said no he's going to be there we have to give him that hope it was like one man army standing as a shield for my husband giving him hope that you're going to be there for the for our only one daughter you know it was mentally taxing my daughter going through depression 
my husband going through this i'm dealing with the whole family everyone coming up with different views ye kar lo wo kar lo aise kar lo ye kaam aayega wo kaam aayega but then i was just focusing on what the doctor was telling me so okay we got his lower lip check fortunately it was not cancer it was just an infection which had gone out of limits because it was not treated on time you know that's why it just spread hmm. we again got him admitted got the whole thing cleaned up uh, i mean overnight he was in the hospital the next day again before checking out the doctor said now nah, i'm not going to give him any more chemo by the time he had taken four chemos and probably two weeks of radiation he saying now his body cannot bear you just take him home and uh, see how it goes i said what about the cancer you're an oncologist you need to give me some other alternative no besides chemotherapy and radiation there is no other alternative now that doesn't suit him i said then how do we go about it saying so you just keep the patient at home and just pray to god i said if i had to do that i would have done it before coming to you if that would have helped yeah i was really put off by the doctors that's again we started hunting for other other doctors between that time i came through immunotherapy i had read about immunotherapy uh, we again consulted another doctor another doctor again told us go in for pet scans and everything so by the time from the oral cavity i mean the cancer had spread to his lungs so when he consulted another doctor the other doctor told us the same thing he has to go in through targeted chemotherapy and rule it out i said okay let me even think about immuno uh, so when i consulted the immunotherapist he said if he's going in for chemo and radiation then the immunotherapy won't work so you either decide what you want you want chemo and radiation or you want immuno whereas the whole family again nay nay chemo is like a uh, what to say a typical therapy which everyone goes through we have not heard about immuno so don't think about it what if it relapses again so again the fear instilled in me i said okay let's give it a try if he's saying targeted chemo that it might help and he said let's rule out radiation we'll not go we'll just go once a week for chemo i said okay chalo once a week without radiation i can manage the other 6 days you know counsel him guide him give him hope confidence be with him most of the time i went on i think we gave him 18 chemo targeted chemotherapy mm-hmm. my uh, daughter got married in november so just a week prior we had decided it in such a way that his chemotherapy is over just a week prior to my daughter's wedding you know so he gets that week free to attend yeah. to all the functions luckily he was there the wedding went off very nicely everything went as we had planned it was a nice grand wedding and uh, come december he was a little low low immunity low strength he was back at home january his work demanded him to come to the office so he resumed office unfortunately he had to be there for long hours we so neglected his diet again he was on a liquid diet again and because of the pipe in his stomach uh, he didn't again focus on his diet and he developed low immunity because of that he got cold and cough 
so again we landed up and by the time after uh, the chemo targeted chemo we had started with oral uh, chemotherapy so the doctor had told us within 3 months you complete this oral chemo and you come back to us so february again 2018 we go and show it to the doctor again the pet scan thing and again she said no again it has come back again the cancer has spread and uh, now there is nothing we can do for him and in february 2018 he had a big cancerous gland under his chin the size of a tennis ball and there was one more gland i mean growth of cancer growing on his shoulder so he said take him home pray to god and uh, this might just burst there will be a lot of blood oozing out and my husband is sitting next to me and the doctor is telling me all this it had it was so difficult for me to get him to the hospital it was like a torture for me to get him to the hospital like whenever we had to go to the hospital he used to actually fear what will the doctor tell me now what is the plan of action and throughout the journey till the hospital i used to tell him nahi nahi he will come out of it don't worry we we have dealt with this we've overcome the marriage you've overcome all this this too shall pass you know sort of a thing yeah event and in front of him the doctor again started take him home nothing there's nothing we can offer it's all over from our end you go show it to any other doctor the other doctor is going to give you the same advice my advice is you be with him back at home pray to god uh give him healthy food and expect a miracle i said okay fine now we are not going in for chemotherapy we are not going in for radiation let me give immunotherapy a shot it is a uh, targeted based uh, patient to patient therapy i used to go every 5 days get a consultation on the slightest of problems my husband was going through even a slight headache i had to inform them So every five days, I has to go for two, three hours of consulting with them. According to that, I has to get medicines for him. So it was like I has to be away from him for five, six hours. Okay. Come back again, administer the whole thing. You know, uh, those five hours I has to keep someone who was positive with him. So I know that while coming back, I don't have to again go through the same ordeal of boosting his confidence. You know, I has to have someone. that used to not let him down talk to him joke with him anyone who is not under that fear you know or no one comes under his fearful talks you know everyone someone there to probably just boost him and keep him cheerful again that was a task because every 5 days i had to find someone get them out of their routine and set them back at home my daughter was married she could manage just to come at times she was even working so it was difficult for her even to leave her job and come in just staying mm-hmm. far away from here so it was like an hour and a half journey from my place to her place so it was torturous for her also now this immunotherapy literally helped you know his uh, cancer glands were reduced in fact they are actually disappeared the doctor said there will be a gush of blood it will suddenly it will ooze out and nothing happened there was just a trickle of blood uh, during that time i had uh, a doctor coming home for uh, visits and uh, he was some he was coming from an ngo where he used to work for free so that was a 
blessing in disguise for me. I had a doctor on call. I had a counselor for me who used to come in, counsel me, my in-laws, my daughter, whoever required it. So I had someone, some support with me also. I had a nurse who used to come and teach me how to do the dressing, how to correctly feed him, correctly uh, do the dressing for his feeds and all that, the correct way of giving. I was literally guided. I needed this guidance from day one from the hospital, which I never got, you know, I got it in the end and I was really grateful that, okay, I got it at that time. I could help him around. Hmm. The immunotherapy helped. It actually dissolved his cancer. He was in good spirits, recovering, uh, his immunity coming back regular. We used to get his blood test done. Everything was going as planned. He was coming out of it. Uh, then the doctor said that uh, he we uh, there was an infection on his tube where he was that also regular needed cleansing. So he said there seems to be an infection on the feed area on his stomach. So he said uh, it's better we admit him again to the hospital and get it cleaned, you know. And at that time, even my husband wanted a change of place. He was like, he was a very social person. Uh, you can say heart of a party. So he said. I'm both staying back at home. I want to go out of this house, go somewhere. So the doctor said mm -hmm. that if he really wants to come out, take him to a hospice where they treat cancer patients. Don't take him to a hospital because there they will not listen to you. They will do what is to be done and they might just force you again with going in for chemo and all that, which is not required as of now. He's come out of it. Yeah. So we decided to send him to a hospice there also, I went in for all his, uh, I mean, uh, what to say, his uh, admission procedure and all that. And they said, get him next day morning, get him admitted. Hmm. I, got, I got back home, started talking to my in-laws and my extended family that he needs to be admitted to a hospice for three days and needs to be checked. His infection needs to be treated. Beyond that, they are not going to treat him for his cancer because it's ruled out now. He's coming out of it. It is actually melted. The same emotional, uh, what to say, uh, blackmail started. No, no, he's not going to survive. We can't send him to the hospice. He needs to be here. Hospice is free. We can't send him to a free place. What will people say? And yeah, that went on. I said, I'm not bothered about what the people say. I'm targeting that his infection needs to be treated and he needs a change of place and he needs to be back at home. That's the only thing I'm looking at. I'm not looking at any other social angle. But I think this usually happens. Uh, people are, uh, the extended family is, as it is, uh, feeling so bad that cancer has it's like a taboo disease, you know. It's like an untouchable disease. No, no, he's got cancer, Baba. Sort of a thing. Yeah. But they don't understand what the patient goes through. Oh, more than the patient, the patient is getting his attention. What the caregiver goes through. Because she or he is the primary or the main person who takes the decision. Going through all the confusion being pulled from all the sides but at that time the caregiver has to have so much of focus for her or for him
mental well-being of the patient. Nothing beyond that. For me, my husband should be happy. Pain-free was my only intention. I just didn't listen to anyone. But then this emotional blackmail started. That you take him to the hospital. You bear the consequences. We will not uh, take any uh, responsibility for it. All this started playing in the house with the extended family. Everyone from our friend circle, everyone started talking them out of it. But no matter what, they were like not ready to listen. They'll, if these are the last days, probably we will not see his face sort of thing. I said, he's, yeah, I said he's out of it. He's fine. The doctor has advised us to go. We have to take that decision and we have to move ahead. We can't just keep him back at home and let him suffer through this infection. But nothing, nothing changed their decision. And the doctor was coming heavily on me that, Shivali, you need to decide. You need to take a stand. I said, I'm drained out. It's like one and a half year I've been fighting with them. Now, if really something happens to him, how do I take the responsibility? Because as it is, there were a lot of differences. Because of this cancer thing, suddenly there's a division in the whole house. There were a lot of fights, a lot of arguments. I mean, everyone was on tenter hopes. It's a normal thing, you know. Everyone is under fear and under fear you tend to fight. Under fear you are, tend to be frustrated. Under frustration... You're going to be harsh to people. So I think every I lost my courage at that time. I didn't have the courage to take a decision and take him to the hospice, you know. That's where I needed to have my courage. That's where I just gave up. And uh, within a week, he's come to his infection. Like he was out of cancer. He was just a week prior to his death. I had taken his picture and he looked so hale, hearty. He was, he had gained weight on his face. His old uh, charm had come back. He started looking his usual handsome self. His hair had come back. He had got that strength to get up and walk around in the house. He started asking for food. He started asking for his favorite orange juice that I feel like drinking, which for past six months, he had lost the interest in eating because of the pipe. He started asking for things which he used to be normally doing, you know, going to the washroom, taking a bath. I mean, yeah. everything was falling into routine. And suddenly this, that no one supported me from the family. Everyone was scaring me that how can you decide what happens? You will be... He will not see anyone's face on his deathbed. I said, if the hospice is giving him, him admission, it's on that basis because he's healthy. Or else I wouldn't have got an admission if he's on the last yeah. stage and he's not surviving. Then the hospice itself would ask me. He said, he's absolutely fine. You can keep him, get him over here. We'll get him admitted. That's where I lost my courage. If I would have... Uh, hung on to that, I think my husband would be here sitting next to me and giving his story as a cancer survivor. I lost him because of this one emotional uh, blackmail, you say it, or an emotional decision taken by the family.
within a week the infection spread it became septic and uh, he just expired he couldn't survive okay i'm so sorry to hear that like there were many things going around you like your daughter's marriage your husband's health family issues and many things lot of things how you take care of your emotional health then see i was working i have been working with learning disabled kids as a special educator past 15 18 years so i needed to have a lot of patience mm-hmm. dealing with these uh, you know severely behavioral issue kids so yeah. i think i derived my patience from them and i used to go back to my work my work was around for 3 4 hours in a day i used to i used to tend to very small kids around 3 4 years be with them at a play group level you know so i didn't give up on my job my school really helped me sail through this gave, gave me a week or i mean a day in a week of when i used to take my husband for the targeted chemo so they really supported me in that way the other days also i used to literally switch off the moment i used to step out of the house because i used to arrange everything back for him his feeds someone with him for my four hour uh, job when i used to leave him and uh, go so there was someone who his friend or someone just sitting behind and joking with him i used to keep his feeds ready i had trained my maid in such a way that every two hourly he needed a feed this is the way you just give it to him you know because it was through the pipe so yeah. it was like anyone could give it to him i used to rush come back home yeah. there were times i used to go for my walks also so i used to again switch off when i just couldn't take it too much and when i knew these extended family members have have come back at home and probably they might influence me or again i'll be emotionally drained that's when i used to wear my walking shoes and just wear my earphones get down for some music and again switch off just to get that balance you know just to come back and face everything because i feel even the cancer patient needs a break from the caregiver most of the time he used to feel bad yeah. for what i'm going through more than what he's going through he yes. couldn't express it he couldn't uh, you know tell anyone else about it that please don't irritate my wife he had lost that confidence in him he's lost he's lost everything at that time he was a meek spectator seeing what's happening to me or to the family or what everyone is going through there were arguments around for the silliest of things for no reason i think this all emotional family drama needs to cut down you know, when a person is going because everyone is festering fear at that time everyone is frustrated everyone yeah. knows that the patient might survive or not but i think at that time if you're positive and if there's a positive environment it gives a lot of hope for the patient to survive also i think 50% of job or the survivor can come out of it if that environment is given to him you know fortunately yes. i didn't get that yeah like people still consider cancer as exactly. a taboo like it yeah it's like an yeah. untouchable thing yaar isko ho gaya dekh ye aise kar raha tha ye aise kar raha tha aise kha raha tha are jo ho gaya usko chodo na his lifestyle yeah. was like that he made those mistakes now to at least don't come and tell him that curse him that see we were telling you now you were eating this we were telling you now you shouldn't have done this 
that person is repenting inside that person is feeling bad yeah all the more you can't come in and torture him you know you can always give him positive ke ho gaya yaar chal abhi se to acha hai na now you will start eating healthy good na chalo yeah. durust hai you know something like that but then yeah instead of making him feel more guilty you should motivate him exactly that, that is okay. that is that, that is where i think we are lacking and i feel we should form groups of these caregivers where we can go go and motivate these cancer uh, patients you know to just give them this pep talk work as counselors you know yeah for the patients and the immediate caregivers or whoever i'm really open to working like this i myself i'm a counselor i work with uh, okay. parents also where counseling is necessary so i think probably my profession mm-hmm. also helped me to help my husband come out of it till there you know probably the last yeah. is where i lost my strength i shouldn't have given yeah. up i shouldn't have given up yeah it's a long tiring journey so there comes a point when you feel so tired and exhausted yeah. of everything and then i mean uh, yeah. i had taken the brick baths for all his uh, treatments you know Some people were saying, yeah. chemo ye to tha. Some people people saying saying chemo chemo karana karana when I started with immunotherapy it's an, it was an expensive treatment for my husband mm-hmm. and they said you know he's not going to survive why are you selling off everything I said I'm going to sell off the last bit of money that I have on him because more than the money for me he is important if he survives I have everything Yeah, so literally every I had because my you can imagine the expense through a cancer which I bore myself the expense of a daughter getting married that I managed. After that, also the other treatments. I mean, his dietary food, the best of foods you tend to give him, the freshest of food you tend to give him, the long hours you put in to give him that environment, and then the immunotherapy thing. It was an expensive. Uh, treatment i had done the best i said i'm not going to compromise on that i started selling off whatever i could you know and even listening to all that brick brat hey, uh, keep something for yourself what how will you survive after that you're uh, crazy he's not going to survive in, in you know at that time you're selfless for you, you you want that man your husband to survive yeah nothing else matters and at that time you need a a strong uh, wall around you of people that okay we will not allow any negativity to come between you yes but i think that is where uh, this cancer word is so scary for the extended family that they don't realize that they're even uh, furthermore mentally torturing the caregiver you know that's the worst yeah. two years that i went through it was really worst I hope no one yeah. should go through this. No one should go through this. I think Zen on course should take this up from the caregivers, form a group, and uh, make the best use of us caregivers. You know, where we can help the other patients to smooth their yeah. journey. You know, to be your extended yeah. help for the caregivers for their loved ones. Yeah. like and we also need to spread awareness about like uh, what are things we can say to cancer patients and what not exactly. there are many things we should not say to them no, people do tell them 
yeah they don't realize that as it is the person is going through so much of turmoil so much of yeah. pain mentally scattered mentally is lost hope of living i mean most half of the work is just done with positive talking you know the rest yeah. is the medicine and the treatment but if you boost the confidence ke nahi nahi dekha jayega give the patient one day to live at a time just don't tell him yaar ek mahine ke baad you're not going to survive that person yeah. dies that day itself even the doctors mm. i don't know why they say nahi nahi 6 mahina hi jiyega are why why are you killing him right now tell him yeah. na nahi 6 mahine ke baad to you will be fit and fine just bear it yeah. for 6 months i mean there is a way of putting it all putting things yeah yeah but these things actually put off a patient you know mm. this is what yeah. is required i think you all are doing a great job spreading the awareness you know yeah. we still need more people with the same mind you know to work with this yeah and you know your daughter might have also gone through so much it was her wedding time and yeah, again a lot of things going around yeah it was difficult i mean for two months the moment she did, she got to know that her dad has got cancer she was having a bouts of depression she used to cry she was on tenterhook she used to fight at the smallest of thing even she needed attention she couldn't uh, i mean uh, get the attention that she needed from her dad i mean even for her uh, truzo thing for everything we used to ask hey, how does this look i mean the dad said you are happy now she didn't get that involvement from him which you was expecting which any daughter gets from the father when she's getting married you know yeah and then leaving him in this state and getting married there was a time when she used to say that the whole family doesn't want me to have a grand wedding mom just chucked the whole idea of not me not getting married i said no we've invested there are people coming from all over the world i mean they have put in their money i mean we have uh, put i mean got all the things in place for them where they going to stay i mean we had the bookings done 6 8 months prior where are they going to stay everything even if we pull it out everyone is going through a loss if it's only our loss we can bear it but then people have invested in that time they've taken tickets i mean which is expensive which is not uh, easy on there we can't tell them nahi abhi shaadi nahi kar rahe Okay, I said, let's yeah. take each day as it comes. We will see how it goes. You know, we just can't put it across that oh, he's not going to survive. You're canceling the wedding. So it was difficult for me to even convince her because the whole family used to come up heavily on her and say, "Hey, shaadi to hogi nahi. Why are you planning so big?" I said, now you get into the planning thing. You want to plan for everything: the catering, the decoration for your card. For your truzo, I'm there with you. Only we both are going to take the decision. We are not going to involve anyone from the family, because even one small negative remark and the whole exercise of working comes down. So I just direct distracted her from all this. You know, got her. You want the marriage your way? Decide everything. You want to go anywhere? Discuss. Decide for anything. I will manage. I will adjust someone over here for him, and we will go ahead with your truzo as normally as we can. So even dad knows that you're getting married, you know. And even he feels okay. Everything is normal. 
तो आई वॉन्टेड हर स्ट्रेंथ ऑल्सो विथ मी आई डिस्ट्रैक्टेड इट वॉज टू डिफिकल्ट मंथ्स वेरी डिफिकल्ट फॉर मी एट द स्लाइटेस्ट ऑफ प्रोवोकेशन देर वॉज अ ब्रेक डाउन सो लाइक वन आवर एवरीथिंग वॉज फाइन एंड अदर टू थ्री आवर्स यूज टू गो badly again everything settled and then someone again coming up with something so the whole day i was like balancing both of them it was draining but i said at this moment i need not think about myself i need to get them both mera jab bhi hoga i will look into it you know i have my time i'll come around but not now so it was difficult I don't know. Right now, when I'm sitting and when I'm thinking, I feel how did I do it myself? I, for me, there's an adage: nothing is impossible. Everything is possible. Everything is possible. But when you say, "Oh, this is impossible," I don't agree with it. Yeah, and when you are in this situation, you automatically get some power within you. Exactly. That, okay, we can do this. Exactly. There is always yeah. God helping you out, showing you the. right way not to give up yeah so what will be your message to people uh, watching this video mm-hmm. i'm not someone so great to give a message i would just like to say that take each day as it comes don't think about the next day also see that you're positive for today for now and see that the mental health of the patient is taken care of more than the physical you know keep the patient happy keep the patient so positively charged you know that he sails through the day very smoothly don't scare him and even if you feel that there is someone in the family or the extended family or your friends who comes down and says yaar tere ko aise to nahi hona chahiye please stop them from coming yeah. don't feel bad of what will the society say you know okay forget keep the society aside for the caregiver the only thing only focus should be that the patient and yourself should be so positively charged and so happy listen to music listen to some nice uh, humor um uh, what something together you know sitting together in fact uh, getting friends who are going to bring you down watch some movies comedy movies where you get that time quality time where you're forgetting what the cancer patient is going through you know build up that uh, bonding and that time that's the best time to bond rather than getting people over and bringing the patient down i feel just live each day you know forget about what's going to happen the next day yeah. it becomes easier for the cancer patient also to go through pain you know manages pain i think that's what i was doing so i hope it helps others yeah and like there are people who don't understand what cancer patients and even and even caregivers go through exactly. but what all they need is support that's, that's all exactly i mean i got the support uh, from this doctor who came up to help my husband he had a group of counselor he had his own nurse and everyone did it for free you know they said we know what a caregiver goes through there was a breakdown point sorry there was a breakdown point also where i had given up hope like no one supported me at that time 
and uh, that's when the counselor counseled me for nearly two, three hours, you know, and she got me out of that. She said, "You cry, you remove it from your system, but now you need to prepare yourself that probably within a week you might not survive if no one from the family is understanding that we need to shift him to a rest, uh, to a hospice." You know, it had come to such a point that because of the counselor, I. could get out she's saying if you go with a crying face in front of your husband he's going to die much more earlier seeing you like this yeah so in fact spend uh, quality time with him sit with him probably this is written in his journey i mean in the end we say na ye likha tha bhagwan ne yeah i don't agree with that also destiny is in our hands yeah. also yeah but for that you we can make it our way for that you need everyone's support you know that's where i didn't get yeah and we also need to spread awareness about going to the counselors yes people are even afraid of going to the counselors yes. they say iski zarurat hi kya hai no badly needed badly need of the yeah. hour you know that's the first thing when they go to the doctor is i think the doctor himself should have a counseling uh, unit over there you know yeah sadly it's not there in india but i think that's mm-hmm. the need of the hour wo nahi hai to at least go to a care counselor who can guide you through the whole process ke or tell you ke suppose if you are taking chemo ke iske side effects they tell us they brief us what is there but that is physical what the person what does a person go through mentally you know that is never aided never given He's already yeah, the up. emotional and uh, mental part is always neglected. Neglected. That's where a counselor comes in, and she yeah. gives that balance over there, which is also badly needed. And पहले ही fear डाल दिया कि chemo कराएंगे तो ऐसे ऐसे होगा. Man is first. The patient is down the dumps at that time, but that's where the counselor comes in to boost his uh, mental capacity, to let him face the treatment. You know, that's where half the battle is won. I remember the first time my husband went for the radiation. It was so difficult for me to push him inside, and the doctor said we won't allow you. He will have to come alone, and he was not ready to leave. He was holding my hand so tightly that I want you in. I said I cannot. I mean, I actually had to be so rude to the doctor. I said, doctor, you want you cover me in the radiation room also. I know the patient is left alone over there, and the doctor is. checking in from the other room i said you want even i will dress up the way you dress up a patient let him hold my hand i mean if it's giving him so much of comfort i think these are against the rules this can't be done because it was i even didn't know what is radiation i didn't know yeah. the process even if he mm-hmm. the doctor technically explained it to me i mean i'm a lay person how am i going to understand so even i felt i needed to be with him physically you know just give him that uh, mental support that okay i'm there with you nothing is going to happen to you even if like we in my counseling we do a lot of talk therapy we do music therapy we do art therapy we do touch therapy too you know where touch is required where it, it speaks more than words that's what my husband needed it most yeah. of the time I think this is the need of the art. This is what is needed for the patients and the caregivers more to give them that environment, that positive charged environment. 
Like we need to focus on this little positive things we can provide cancer patients. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Attach a simple hug or any therapy. Oh, any any therapy. you can do for them. Exactly. You can we can introduce all this to them that it's don't look at the money aspect aspect or whatever. Look at what your you or the patient is going to gain out of it. You know, that's more important. Yeah, that's more important. People feel or a yar ek or therapy. Iske liye or mere ko therapy ki kya zarurat hai? Why do I need to go to a counselor? Or why does my husband need it? Ye sab to ho hi raha hai na. Why to spend? But no, this is more all the more important. Yeah, with physical treatment, this is also more important. That's what I, mm-hmm. I because of my profession, I could help my husband. You know, throughout. and even not only for him even for myself it even kept me balanced grounded i knew how to come out of the situation get a just switch off from it you know yeah get to my mental balance and then come back and face it again so we yeah. need these counselors we need even people to give some space or some leeway to the caregiver like okay go out go out for an hour take your Uh, just relax come back we need some people to what to say cool uh, in for these caregivers also if we can do that also to give them a break you know we need to do some things like that and i had my job need a break they need a break i had yeah. my job i i'm a regular walker for so many years so i knew okay i can just wear my shoes and get out but there are so many other caregivers Who have nothing? Who are regular housewives? They don't have any way. And even if they get out, they feel oh, look, what will they say? Cam, I'm married. I'm living. My husband is suffering. I didn't bother about all that because I knew I my mind was confused. I needed to get out of it. So my job helped me. My parents, my profession helped me. My uh, hobby helped me. I so suddenly switch listen to some loud music, you know, just to yeah. stop my thinking, not feeling bad of what's happening around, you know, just disconnect myself. Probably my profession helped me because of it. That yeah. is what is needed for the caregivers. Yeah, too. this is must needed. Like caregivers are silent, uh, silently suffer in the background, yeah, and, and no one they, even notice that. And then they feel guilty, even if they're sitting and watching a serial. They are made to feel so guilty, yar. इसको तो ऐसे हो रहा है ये तो देख बैठकर टीवी देख रही है. Even you know a body language, though they must be not criticizing or giving those remarks, but a body language of another person says a lot. Yeah, like yeah. people need to be more mindful of what they say not in such a sensitive situation. Exactly. Even that education is needed for the immediate family. You know how they need to behave. Everyone is under fear. Agreed. The cancer word is only so bad that it denotes death. You know, so everyone is under fear, frustration, confused. What to do? That's why this frustration stems in. But that's where the whole family needs to be counselled. You know. Yeah. That's the need of the R. Yes. So thank you so much. It was really very inspiring talking to you. Thank you for giving, listening thank to you. your journey and how you handled and managed all thank such you. things. <laughs>
Thanks a lot. It was really nice talking Thank to you. you. Same here. Thank you. Thank you.